Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm your host, Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning there's chaos in South Korea, and Amanda's found fatally shot in a vehicle near downtown. And it's going to affect your morning commute. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Speaking of chaos, there's chaos in the Republican Party over repealing and replacing Obamacare. The chaos is still going on. We're going to talk about that this half hour. Good Friday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 102.5. South Korea's acting head of state is begging for calm after opponents and supporters of ousted President Park Goon Hae held fierce rallies that have killed two people and divided the capital's soul. South Korea's defense minister has ordered the military to be on alert for possible North Korean provocations. The Constitutional Court has ruled to remove Park from office amid a corruption scandal. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. More and more states are going to court to challenge President Trump's new travel ban. New York, Massachusetts and Oregon are joining Washington state's efforts to block the new executive order banning travel to the U.S. from six mostly Muslim countries. Minnesota is already part of the challenge. Hawaii has filed a separate suit against the ban President Trump signed on Monday. He was forced to revise an earlier ban blocked by courts after Washington and Minnesota had filed suit. In the meantime, President Trump is heading back out on the campaign trail next week to stump for the Republican health care bill, something Mike Gaffey is going to be talking about right after this newscast. Trump will hold a rally in Nashville on Wednesday evening. Presidential spokesman Sean Spicer called it a campaign-style rally. Spicer has said the White House is in full-sell mode on the GOP bill, which is aimed at repealing and replacing Obamacare. And they have to be on full-sale mode because a lot of people don't like it. No. Well, so, it's it's got some serious issues. Yeah, that both sides don't like that. I don't even like. No, so, I mean that a lot. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they, it's uh, he, so he's doing what he does best. He goes out and does rallies and campaigns. Exactly. <laughs> so fills up arenas and you know <laughs> thinks if he thinks that will work, we'll see. In other news, federal investigators say the site of a deadly accident between a charter bus and a train in Mississippi was not on the route the bus driver was given. The NTSB says investigators have finished their initial examination of the bus involved in the crash that left four people dead in Biloxi. That included getting information from the bus's engine control module. That'll likely be helpful in determining how long the bus was stuck on the train tracks before the train hit it. Investigators have interviewed the train crew and will likely soon speak with the bus driver. Here locally, a man was found fatally shot to death early today in a vehicle at an intersection near downtown Orlando. The Orlando Police Department says the shooting was reported shortly after 2.30 this morning at West Colonial Drive and North Orange Blossom Trail. The man wasn't immediately publicly identified, but as the victim's family members gathered at the crime scene, one relative said he's 28 years old and has a baby girl. Both directions, by the way, of West Colonial Drive are closed from North Orange Blossom Trail to North Westmoreland Drive, and those roads will remain closed indefinitely. The shooting, of course, remains under investigation. That's kind of concerning. Very concerning. Yeah. yeah. Wow. To just be found shot to death at an right. intersection and they have to start from scratch. And then you've got all these people trying to. And that's a busy intersection. It's a very busy intersection. Thousands of people go through that every morning. So that's really going to be what we need to keep everybody on top of this morning. Because, right. you know, if you're able to get out the door a couple of uh, minutes early, find your alternate route. You know, maybe Waze it if, uh, or, you know, Waze or Google Map it or something. Yeah. 
find a way to get to work that you don't have to go around Westmoreland. Again, Orange Blossom Trail, North Orange Blossom Trail to Westmoreland Drive is going to, are shut down this morning, both directions. Good luck out there. Yeah. A Central Florida <laughs> prosecutor is out of a job after getting arrested for allegedly buying prescription drugs illegally. Brevard and Seminole County State Attorney Phil Archer yesterday announced the dismissal of Assistant State Attorney John Tapa III over his arrest Wednesday. Tapa was handcuffed in the parking lot of the Rockledge Lowe's store, where Brevard County Sheriff's Office investigators say he bought 10 roxycodone pain pills for $200. Authorities say they found more pills in the 29-year-old's car. He started working for the State Attorney's Office in 2013, but right now he's booked in the Brevard County Jail on drug charges. The cases Tapa handled will now be audited. And finally, tech experts who think they've got everything it takes except the right job could be in line for a free trip to New Zealand to interview for a position. Local authorities and businesses in the capital of Wellington are offering the trip to 100 talented workers from around the globe as they seek to boost the city's growing tech hub. Some 12,000 people, by the way, have already applied so far. WFLA News Time 606. Read about how after a car falls on his dad, a nine-year-old son rescues him. Online now at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. So a car fell on his dad. What did, what did he pick up the car? You'll have to go to the website and I find out. I have to. I want to know. <laughs> was he like Bam Bam on the Flintstones where he just like totally picked it up on his own and <laughs> saved his dad? Wow. That's if a- he did, college has been taken care of. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> right? I am positive that is the first Bam Bam reference this show has ever had. Yeah, well, you know, I wanted to throw in some Flintstones references. <laughs> Maybe the Jetsons later. You know, the old cartoons. Even, you know, I'm making myself Don't say sound old. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I'm making myself sound old and <laughs> only 30, but I mean, I watched those when I was growing up. Who didn't? Yeah, Aren't exactly. they rebooting the Jetsons? I heard somewhere they were rebooting the Jetsons. Really? Yeah. I haven't heard that, but that would be very interesting. Actually, that uh, yeah, that does sound very interesting. Yeah, it would. All right, so Obamacare... Um, we're trying to repeal it. We're trying to replace it, but there are a whole bunch of hurdles in the way. Um, this bill has a lot of problems from conservatives. Of course, it has problems from Democrats. And now there are even some governors, GOP governors, there's GOP senators who don't like parts of it. Why Why can't the Republican Party ever agree on anything? We're going to talk about that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFM. So... Nobody can agree, it seems like, on how to get rid of this health care bill. They agreed when Obama was in office, at least the Republicans did. They agreed when he, Obama was in office to repeal the bill, and then they can make changes later. That was actually agreed upon. They passed repeal bills in Congress. Obama obviously vetoed it. So if they could do it then, why not? why not do it now? Well... Because they're scared. Republicans, why why can't you just grow a spine? Why, why is this so difficult for, I mean, do we have to, like, get someone to make spines? Can we import them from somewhere and put them in the Republican Congress? I don't know. Uh, okay, so uh, Mike Pence was on special report last night with Brett Barron interviewed, and he was talking about the health care bill. And he was asked about conservatives. 
because Mike Pence says he's a very strong conservative. A lot of conservatives like him. Uh, he was asked, you know, talked, you know, a lot of conservatives don't like this health care bill. What do you have to say to them? This is what Mike Pence said in response. I think we're, we're going to listen very intently uh, to conservative leaders. This is the bill. But if there are ways to improve that bill and to give people greater confidence that we're all going to arrive at the same place where Obamacare is done and we've replaced it. So um, we're, we're going to listen very intently. You know, conservatives are out there. They're saying, hey, we, ha- we own the Congress and the presidency. How about a free market solution to all this? How about we repeal Obamacare? By the way, Senator Rand Paul has actually put forward a bill, a repeal bill yesterday to um do just that you know what we tried to do when obama was in office um but he's saying no this is the bill no matter what you say conservatives this is the bill we'll listen to you and maybe tweak it a little bit but this is the bill and um i don't know i don't think they're a freedom caucus and i don't think Rand paul and mike lee in the senate um are going to be too happy with that So that's why Trump's kind of going on the campaign trail, because Trump's like, hey, want to get this to pass rallies where thousands of people show up. That's all it takes. (laughs) Yes. And then and then the Republicans will be right on board. Not sure that's going to happen this time. So the Democrats also don't like this, especially the socialist Bernie Sanders. And um, he was on Bernie Sanders was on CNN yesterday. And this is what he said about the bill. This is a Robin Hood proposal in reverse. We're throwing five to 10 million people off of health insurance, raising premiums for low income and working class people, defunding Planned Parenthood, denying over two million women the right to get health care where they want. But the good news is, for all of you who are watching, if you're in the top two percent, Republicans are there for you, a very significant tax break. So usual Bernie Sanders stuff. He looks at everything based on classes. And if it's not, you know, hurting the rich and giving to the poor, um, he doesn't like it. This is Robin Hood in reverse. Bernie Sanders just loves Robin Hood analogies. So, so of course, I mean, no matter what came out, Bernie Sanders was going to say something like that. We all know this. He was going to come out and he was going to say, um, yes, Republicans are for the rich and they hate the poor and I'm for the working class and yada, yada, yada. I mean, obviously Bernie Sanders was exaggerating. There are tax credits in here that help the poor. Um, if we have free market solutions, it will, it will, well, what Paul, what? They don't help the poor. What do you mean? They don't help the poor because the amount that the tax credit is, you can't get insurance for that amount of money. What are you talking about? Yeah, you can. It helps with that. What they're, it, you're right. What it does wor- assist. What, well, what they're worried about is not. It would help them get insurance. What they're worried about is the out of pocket expenses. That's what I'm talking about. That I mean, that's not insurance. That's after you have insurance. No, but I'm saying the tax credit. You, the the amount of the tax credit does not equal what you would be paying in insurance. Therefore, if you're unable to afford insurance at all, it doesn't benefit you. The tax credit. It's just empty. Well, the, for people who can't. Okay. We'd have to get into the whole thing. I was reading yeah, a whole right. thing That's on all that, thing. but um, but it's not it's not empty. That well, why would you have the tax credits then? The whole reason for the tax credits were, were to get these young people who couldn't afford it to actually buy insurance, to actually be encouraged to buy insurance. The top two percent under this plan, like he's saying, they they're not eligible for a lot of those for a lot of those tax benefits. But um, the, my my point is this because I don't like this bill either. 
So actually, Bernie Sanders and I agree on one thing. We both don't <laughs> like this bill because tax credits are just another subsidy. And you're right. They don't lower the prices. Exactly. So the problem is cost. So what the Republicans and the Democrats want to do now is they want to have um, all this government help to help you with the costs, but that doesn't lower the cost. Yeah, that doesn't take the cost down. It just more government help for the cost. And usually when you do that, prices go up. Exactly. So, but my point is I've seen a lot of backlash for this bill. I've seen it from the American Medical Association. There are hospitals that have come out. There are insurers that come out. The Democrats have come out. The the moderate Republicans have come out. So if you were going to face all this backlash anyway, why not grow a spine and actually use that spine to pass what you wanted to do originally? Because you're going to face a strong backlash no matter what. Because there's so much special interest in getting government in health care and having more government in health care. And the Democrats are going to fight you like this and say things like Bernie Sanders did no matter what. So why not actually go for it then? Go for, you know, a full campaign style for a full repeal and real free market solutions instead of this whole in-between we're going to have keep some of Obamacare and not keep other things and we're not going to have subsidies, but we're going to have tax credits and all this stuff. I mean, if if you're scared, I mean, they're doing all this because they're scared of the backlash. Are you sure that's why? What if Trump is right and they've just they're just in everybody's pocket and this is the what they really want is this. This is what they really want. Well, they really might... want insurance costs to go up. They really want government to grow bigger. They really want this. It's not a matter of being afraid. Well, th- there might be some of that. There there's no doubt, and that's even more cynical, but I think I really think a lot of it is just the Republicans are always like this. They're afraid of some kind of political backlash. They're afraid they're going to lose votes, and they're afraid the media is going to come out and find some old woman who can't afford insurance, and she's <laughs> yeah. crying on TV. But they're going to face that kind of backlash no matter what. So if you're going to face that kind of backlash, why not go for a full repeal and free market solution? 407-916-5400. Text to 23680 at 620 on Good Morning Orlando. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud will be back on Monday. I talked to him. I talked to him yesterday. He is doing a lot better. His voice is a lot better. Just needed one more day to make sure the voice was good, and he will definitely be back on Monday. So we're talking about the repeal bill of Obamacare, the American Health Care Act, which was put out by Paul Ryan and others. Um, one thing that came out yesterday is Paul Ryan did a nice uh, PowerPoint presentation, which was good. Teacher Professor Paul Ryan was out there. And it turns out that this was only the first part of everything. He needed a bigger screen, though. He needed, needed a, bigger a bigger screen? screen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you got you got, you got to cut costs. You got to give him credit for cutting costs. You're I don't right. Go Limited government. Too, too That's big. That's what he is. <laughs> but um, he came out and actually pointed out that there's this is like a three-part process. So in the beginning... They say, this is the bill, and you have to sign on with this bill, and everyone's upset because it doesn't have a bunch of stuff in it, and then Paul Ryan comes out later and says, no, 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 we're not, we're not done. No, 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 there's more coming. Did I forget to mention that? And it's like, um, well, well, yeah, yeah, you did, you, you did forget to mention that. I, I feel like that was, that was uh, pretty important. But as I mentioned, as I mentioned in the last segment, for one, if you're going to face this kind of backlash, no matter what you do, then go for it. 
Go for what you really want. And don't be scared. Second, none of this addresses the real issue. And the real issue in the healthcare industry is cost. The costs are too high. Everyone wants to focus on coverage. Let's make sure everybody has coverage. Well, everybody can have coverage and still not have quality healthcare. You could just turn, you know, you could just pass universal healthcare and say, look, you're all covered, but then go to a hospital and they're like, and they have to ration care and they don't have enough and you're still not getting quality care. What we have to do is get the government out of the way to bring costs down so everyone can afford quality health care. And there was a great piece that I found in the conservative review that actually had from Daniel Horowitz, who's been really good on this, and actually had a bunch of reforms to put in place to actually get this done. And it's not, you know, tax credits and all this stuff. It's not expansions of Medicaid. It's not, you know, it's not all this other stuff, which they say we need. It's a lot of it's just getting rid of a lot of the regulations. And he had 10, he had 11 steps for healthcare reforms in the healthcare industry in general, um, which, which is a lot of it's get rid of the regulations. One is break the American, the AMA monopoly on medicine and prevention for profit healthcare. But in terms of health insurance reforms, he says, number 12, he says, number one, tear down regulations, uh, promote health status insurance to deal with pre-existing conditions, stop socially engineering employer-based insurance through the tax code and treat it the same as individual plans. Great idea. Allow unlimited health savings account spending. That seems like a no-brainer to me. Uh, let consumers and employers purchase health insurance plans across state lines. It's been obvious. <laughs> Permit individuals to pool together for group insurance. That was part of Rand Paul's plan. Change antitrust laws so big pharma stranglehold on competition is destroyed. Uh, make Medicaid work f- with the market, not destroy it. Allow affluent seniors to opt out of Medicare. That seems like a no-brainer as well. If you don't, if you if you can afford to get your own insurance, and even if you're over the age of sixty-five, why should you be forced to go on Medicare? If you can afford to get your own, opt out. That will save Medicare a ton of money. Um, in terms of health care reforms, he has end the medical malpractice boondoggle. Uh, allow ho- hospitals to turn away non-urgent illegal aliens. Offer a tax deduction deduction for those providing health care to uh, indigents. Reform FDA approval process. That That's a big one. Make more drugs available over the counter. You know why? You know why? You know why that's a good one? And it shows why the free market works. You notice when drugs go over the counter, eventually the costs go down. Why? Because they're introduced into the marketplace. They're introduced to competition. And costs go down. It's a supply and demand thing. Imagine if we did that with more of the healthcare industry. So there are some real solutions that can take place. But it just I, it's, I'm not very hopeful right now that anything's gonna get, anything like this is going to get done. So even in a few years, we're going to end up having more problems, and then we'll have to talk about more <laughs> health care reform. Uh, there we go. All right, we have Gina Cervetti who's going to talk to us uh, after Deborah Roberts gives us the latest news. She's Deborah Roberts is going to talk to us about what's going on in South Korea, and the Florida House takes up Visit Florida and Enterprise Florida. It is 630 on Good Morning Orlando.
And joining us from the WFLA News Center is Deborah Roberts, who's going to tell us about the latest news. Good morning, Deb. Good morning, Mike. And yeah, definitely want to cover what's going on in South Korea. But first, locally, want to let you know, in case you didn't hear our traffic report, a death scene investigation of a man who was found shot to death in his car during the overnight has closed Orange Blossom Trail and Colonial Drive. And that intersection is going to be closed throughout the morning as that death investigation continues. So definitely make alternate plans for your commute this morning. Now overseas, the ouster of South Korea's president by the Constitutional Court amid a corruption scandal has triggered violent protests today in Seoul involving supporters and opponents of Park Geun-hye. Officials say two men were killed and that about 30 protesters and police officers have been injured. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And back in the Sunshine State, bills to abolish Enterprise Florida and impose new controls on Visit Florida are ready for a floor vote in the state house today. Representative Paul Renner says the Tourism Marketing Agency has gone off track, but he believes Visit Florida can be salvaged if lawmakers revamp the agency and impose new standards for financial accountability. We need to make sure that there's a a restoration of confidence in the taxpayers and what Visit Florida is doing. As their funding has gone up, we've seen an increase in the waste and the misuse of these dollars. And so we are reining them in, as we should, and being responsible to the taxpayers with the use of those funds. But he's not interested in saving Enterprise Florida. Renner says the state should not be using tax money to attract new businesses and EFI should be abolished. Fortune magazine puts Google at the top of its 2017 rankings of the 100 best companies to work for. Company culture, employee engagement and talent development are among the factors cited. Wegmans Food Markets in New York and the Boston Consulting Group place second and third. Baird and Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Edward Jones in St. Louis round out this year's top five. It's Fortune's 20th annual list of best places to work. In the meantime, a new study says immigrants will be fundamental to growing the nation's workforce over the next two decades. The Pew Research Center study says immigrants will need to fill the gap as baby boomers born between 1946 and 1964 age out of the workforce and into retirement. The study estimates America's working age population will grow by 10 million between now and 2035. Researchers say without immigrants, the U.S. working age population would fall by 8 million in less than 20 years. And a research group in China claims that country leads the U.S. when it comes to billionaires. The Who Run Global Rich list shows 609 billionaires living in China, compared to 522 in the U.S. According to Forbes, though, the U.S. is still number one, but notes different methodologies in compiling data. Either way, the Chinese group says the two countries account for half the world's billionaires. Bill Gates tops both with an estimated $81 billion fortune. Warren Buffett is right behind with $78 billion in personal assets. WFLA News Time 637. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe continues now. All right, and it is now time for the Bloomberg Business Report from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City with the one and only Gina Cervetti. Good morning, Gina. And good morning, Michael. Um, So what are the stock futures looking like today? 
Well, they look pretty good right now. They're indicating a higher Wall Street open, but we do have some important economic data coming out before the opening bell, and we'll have more on that in a minute. First, what happened yesterday? It was kind of a little changed close. The Dow added two points and closed at 20,858. The S&P gained two, or almost a tenth of a percent, to 2,365. The Nasdaq ticked up a point to 5839. Uh, the stocks haven't been moving a whole lot in either direction, although they were on the decline over the past few days before that. The range has been pretty narrow as investors await uh, some economic data. And then next week we have the Federal Reserve meeting and they're probably going to raise our interest rates. All right. And also we expect the jobs report to come out today. Any expectations on that? Yep, that's the big one that's going to get all the attention. That one comes an hour before Wall Street's opening bell. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg are estimating payroll gains of 200,000 and the jobless rate ticking down from 4.8 to 4.7 percent. The prior report showed payroll increases of 227,000. Uh, but that one could be revised today because they do issue revisions. A couple of other things that we watch for there, the average hourly earnings and the labor force participation rate. All right, and I never thought I would read these words, but here it is. The adult diaper industry is saving the paper industry? Uh, yes, uh, diaper-wearing baby boomers, as a matter of fact, are coming to the rescue of the struggling paper industry. As the world population ages, sales are climbing for absorbent hygiene products that have gotten more comfortable and more discreet. Demand is projected to grow 4% to 27 t in 2017, according to one measure, boosting prospects for companies like International Paper, for example. And they're expanding production of a moisture capturing fiber known as fluff pulp. So there, I bet you learned something you didn't know. You, you are exactly <laughs> right. I did not know any of that. All right, Gina, have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday, okay? All right, you too. Thanks. All right, so there's a lot of new stuff coming out on investigations into Trump, into Trump server, and Trump Tower. We're going to have that in Orlando's news weather and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFO. And we'll definitely keep you up to date with what's going on with those lawsuits against the travel ban. There's no doubt there's going to be a lot more coming with that story, and um, probably more states going to file suit against him and. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the courts do. We'll see how they try to get rid of it. We'll see what the political fallout is. I mean, Trump can't just keep trying to rewrite the ban. Eventually, he's going to have to fight it in court, which I, I, I hope he does. So over the weekend, you know, and of course, this happens over the weekend. I sleep in Saturday, you know, for one day and I wake up Saturday, you know, late morning and I, I, everything happens. Whole furor starts because Trump tweets out that he's being wiretapped by Obama. And uh, we'll get to uh, where, you know, we talked about where all that came from. Most of it came from a report from Heat Street that showed that they said there was a FISA court, you know, warning or the issue trying to the FISA court to try to tap into Trump's server in Trump Tower. Okay, because they thought there were some connections to that server in Russia. And this is what I posted Saturday afternoon about this on my Facebook. And by the way, you can send me a firm request on Facebook. Just search Michael Yaffe and uh, I'll be I'll accept it this is what I said. I said the narrative right now from the left is that Trump's claims are made up. 
And then I said this, the problem with that is the evidence is already coming out that there was some wiretapping. So the narrative will change to the fact that there must have been good reason for the wiretapping. That's where we're at now. The problem with that is nothing was ever found. And I'll get to that in a sec. So after that narrative, after that, the narrative will change to saying Obama was not involved. And I admit this one will actually be a little bit problematic for Trump because there's really no way to prove Obama was involved. I find it hard to believe that Obama wouldn't have known about any of this. But it's hard to prove unless you have some kind of secret audio recording where Obama is like, let's get him or something. But I don't I doubt that exists. So but, you know, originally it was Trump's crazy. This is all made up. They have no idea what Trump's talking about. This is right-wing conspiracy stuff. But more and more evidence is suggesting that there is something to this. Now, there's no doubt that Trump probably exaggerated. That's what Trump does on Twitter. We all know this by now. But it does seem like there is something to this. That the FBI did investigate Trump in with that computer server in Trump Tower. And a CNN of all places, actually broke this yesterday. Um, Here's the report that was on uh, Wolf Blitzer yesterday breaking this news story. Uh, We've learned that FBI investigators and computer scientists continue to examine whether there was a computer connection between the Trump Organization and a Russian bank called Alpha Bank. This is according to several sources familiar with the investigation. This is the same server mentioned in a Breitbart article that a White House official said sparked Trump's series of tweets last Saturday accusing investigators of tapping his phone. CNN is told there was no FISA warrant on this server. But questions about the connection between the server and the Russian bank were widely dismissed four months ago as an attempt by Alpha Bank to block Span. But we have learned that the FBI's counterintelligence team, the same one looking into Russia's suspected interference in the 2016 election, is still examining it. One official I spoke with said the server relationship uh, is somewhat odd and perplexing and investigators are not ignoring it, but the FBI still has a lot more work to do to determine what was behind this unusual activity and whether there's even any significance to it. Uh, the FBI declined to comment the white house did not respond uh, to the asper comment so cnn comes out yesterday and admits yes there actually is an investigation into trump tower now they're not going as far as saying that there was a fisa court order to wiretap that that computer server but there's something to this and then an, a publication called circa.com also came out yesterday and broke this story and said basically what cnn is saying for the most part that the FBI did investigate a Trump server in Trump Tower. Now, it's hard for me to believe that they investigated the server without, you know, trying to tap into it somehow. How else would you investigate it? But maybe someone can educate me on that. 407-916-5400. But the story also admits that no charges are expected because nothing was found. There's so many of these things where they find, you know, they find, they think they have something. And nothing is found. So what is all this really about between Trump and Russia? Isn't that how most investigations go, though? What do you mean? That nothing was found? Yeah. For most investigations, you think about most of the times things are investigated, nothing's normally found, right? I mean, 
I would hope not. I would hope that we're not just investigating all the time for nothing. <laughs> but that's this. We'll talk about more of this in the next segment. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe, the producer filling in for Bud. Bud will be back on Monday. I talked to him yesterday, and he will definitely be back on Monday. We're talking about this whole stuff with the wiretapping into Trump Tower. It all started over last weekend, which we talked about all week on this show. Uh, Trump tweeted out a bunch of stuff. There was some stuff put together from actual reports out there that showed that something was going on here. Now, did Trump, did Trump, you know, know everything? Did he exaggerate? Probably. But I had said that the whole narrative that there's nothing to see here, that this is completely made up by Trump, I had pointed out that I don't think that's true because there were actual reports, and I think there was going to be more evidence to come out to bring some light to what is going on here. And that's already starting to happen. And the next part is already starting to happen where they're saying, well, there must be something there. There must be probable cause. There's got to be a smoking gun there if they're investigating Trump. The problem with that, at least for the Democrats, is they keep doing this, but they never find any real evidence of it. So what is going on? Personally, I think a couple of things. One, there were connections between Paul Manafort Trump's campaign manager, and Russia. But it was kind of interesting during the campaign that Paul Manafort was kind of kicked out pretty quickly at one point. He was probably kicked out pretty quickly because they found out about this connection and said, you got to go. Do I think this is coming straight from the top? Not really. But I can see why some people would be concerned about Trump with Russia because he often wants to defend Russia. He's often eager to defend Russia. You talk about the whole, he was talking about Putin. O'Reilly says Putin's a killer, and he says, oh, there's a lot of killers. You think we're so innocent? I mean, that kind of whole justification there is definitely concerning to me. Not only that, but you look at the appointment of Rex Tillerson. There's there's no doubt in my mind that part of the reason for appointing him is because he's pretty friendly with Russia. A lot of this might just be, believe it or not, that Trump just has a pol- uh, you know, just has a policy friendly towards Russia. Trump might just believe that we need to be friends with Russia to help fight ISIS. He said that a lot in the campaign and to help what's going on in the world. Not only that, but I think this ambassador guy, and there were reports out there about the Russian ambassador to the U- U.S. meeting with lots of different people in the U.S. Russia is no doubt trying to use this influence to put pressure on Trump to lay off Ukraine and Crimea. Jeff Sessions, when he was asked about this, he was asked about, well, what was that meeting all about when you were in the Armed Services, Commi- Armed Services Committee with the Russian ambassador? And, the Rus- and Jeff Sessions says, well, I'm not really sure exactly what his goal was, but he seemed to be very pr- passionate about Ukraine and how he disagreed with the U.S. on Ukraine. And they keep trying to push this. So every time I see evidence of this, I see that Russia is really trying to influence American diplomats to look more friendly towards them, especially to the Ukraine. This, to me, can be extremely dangerous because I am don't want to be as friendly towards Russia. In fact, it came out, there was news yesterday that came out that Iran, 
is test firing some new missile off a, na- off a ship, they believe. This came out from Reuters. Off a ship yesterday, a Navy vessel. Guess where that technology came from? That technology came from Russia. So if we think we can be pals, buddy-buddy with Russia, while they're selling technology to our enemies like Iran and Syria, um, it's, I think it's a little bit naive. Russia in my is not our friend. I know. They have no desire to be our friend. All they want is to remove the influence of the United States throughout the world and I to reestablish right. themselves especially, as a superpower. Especially in the Middle East. Absolutely. I think that's where a lot of this goes. I think there's a, but there, you know, it hasn't been as friendly between Trump and Russia lately. Believe it or not, Russia's tried to put some strong pressure on us through um, buzzing our ships and other things. So, so I, we're looking at a whole conspiracy aspect, hacking into the campaign, but I think there's actually foreign policy stuff going on here that people aren't looking at. All right, uh, Deborah Roberts is going to come in and tell us about the latest news, including what's going on in South Korea, which is very concerning. And Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey likes to play Wheel of Fugitive? We'll get to that. It is 7 o'clock on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, there's chaos in South Korea today. And you don't want to play Wheel of Fugitive with Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey. We'll have the details in one minute. Is it time for men to man up and lead their households? Ooh, I can't wait to take calls and texts on this, and we'll do that this half hour. Good Friday morning. It's 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. And in case you didn't hear Daisy Ash's traffic report, we do want to let you know that a man who was found shot to death in his car during the overnight hours has prompted a death scene investigation that has closed the entire intersection of Orange Blossom Trail and Colonial Drive. And yes, of course, one of the biggest intersections downtown. But because it is a death scene investigation, that intersection is expected to be closed uh, until further notice, which is expected to be hours. Definitely come up with an alternate for your morning commute. Overseas, protesters are out in the streets after a South Korean court upheld the impeachment of that country's president. Today's decision immediately removes Park Geun-hye from office after months of turmoil over a wide-ranging corruption scandal. Clashes among demonstrators quickly erupted following the ruling, with at least two people reported to have been killed. Park is one of the first democratically elected South Korean president to be removed from office. She now faces charges of bribery, extortion and abuse of power for allegedly accepting tens of millions of dollars in bribes from big businesses, including Samsung. The political upheaval comes with tensions running high over North Korea's advancement of its missile program and China upset over deployment of a U.S. missile defense system that was just recently installed in South Korea. So... And, t- and tell us why we should be concerned about this as as Americans. Well, because South Korea is one of our longest and biggest allies mm-hmm. in yes. the Pacific region. And the person that's expected to become the new president of South Korea uh, is not a big fan of the U.S. He's kind of more in line with du- uh, Duterte from the Philippines. Okay, He has more alliances toward China and North Korea. And he's reportedly said today that if he does, as expected, take office... The U.S. and South Korea, excuse me, relationship is looking toward a very bumpy road ahead. Wow. And that's not good news 
with the North Korea and the China situation. Is that why there's protests as well? Because they're worried about how friendly he might be to North Korea? I think a lot of the turmoil going on over there is, is exactly what's going on over here. Some people who say she's guilty of these crimes, other people who say she's not. They're worried about the new direction because, of course, you know, we, are we looking at a reunification of the Koreas? Yeah. What, what's going to happen to the demilitarized zone between the two Koreas? Yeah, I mean, it depends how friendly he exactly wants to be. Exactly. I mean, that, I mean, that seems kind of unlikely, but who knows? He's already put us on notice that uh, it's not going to be the same going forward. So even wow. though this seems like it's a story that doesn't really affect us, it's going to affect us. Yeah. Hopefully later rather than sooner, but either way we'll see the effects of it. The Florida Senate approves a bill requiring a unanimous recommendation from the jury to impose a death sentence. Executions have been stalled in Florida for more than a year, so Senate President Joe Negron says this bill is on a fast track. It was important to me that in the very first week of session that we address this issue so we have a constitutional statute as juries are being selected and as um, families of victims are in court. Backers of the bill say it eliminates ambiguities in Florida's capital punishment law and should reduce the number of legal delays in the death penalty process. The House is also prepared for a vote on the issue. It could be the first major bill sent to Governor Rick Scott this year. Locally, there's no Pat Sajak or Vanna White, but the Brevard County Sheriff's Office is getting a lot of attention for its new Facebook Live game show. Yep, every Tuesday evening, Sheriff Wayne Ivey spins a wheel with mugshots of wanted criminals. When it lands on a picture, the suspect becomes Fugitive of the Week. Hello, I'm Sheriff Wayne Ivey of the Brevard County Sheriff's Office, and welcome to Wheel of Fugitive, a new program that's designed to partner our citizens and law enforcement together to help get fugitives off our street. Ivey says tips from friends, family, and even the fugitives themselves start coming in. Let's see who this week's Fugitive of the Week is. Wow, it's an actual wheel and everything. Oh, it's become so popular. It was featured on The Daily Show. (laughs) So far, 76% of the fugitives featured have been arrested, with some turning themselves in. 76%. You can look for a lot of other sheriff's offices around the country to start picking up this wheel of fugitive game. I mean, if it's that successful. Where the fugitives are turning themselves in just to get a little (laughs) bit of Facebook Live fame. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I guess if it works, I don't know. What were you going to say, Paul? I just, it can go down a dark road. You better be careful with that. I know. Sounds yeah. like the prelude to the running man or something like that. <laughs> yeah, was it uh, Hunger Games? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's only a matter of time, man. <laughs> Until the Hunger so. Games? <laughs> I guess no, so. I mean, that's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah, until, you know, we have, you know, criminals running for their lives live on TV. Yeah, and people chasing them and people placing bets. And oh, live yeah. executions. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Remember, right before the end of the Roman period, that's when their bloodthirst just hit such a threshold. Oh, okay. Oh, I feel great now. Now we're talking <laughs> about the co- we're good morning, about- Orlando. <laughs> we're talking about the collapse of our of our society. That's I do good. news. Never look to a news person to give you happy, happy stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be kids killing each other, though, is it? For food? Uh, not at first. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, oh, by the way, Game of Thrones comes back July 16th for, uh, Yay. yeah, till, or 16th, I think, for yeah. the bloodlust and all of us. Just, just go back to bed, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> all right, let me give you one, one more story that'll make you laugh. Okay. How's that? You know the phrase, liar, liar, pants on fire? Yes. Well, it turns out it's literally true. 
a, a lawyer's pants started literally burning up in a Florida courtroom. (laughs) (laughs) Defense attorney Stephen Gutierrez's pants started smoking (laughs) while he was defending an arson suspect. Oh, nice. For those of you who don't get enough irony (laughs) in your diet, in a uh, Miami-Dade County court, Gutierrez told NBC News he began to feel heat coming from his pocket (laughs) where he had several e-cigarette batteries. While arguing his client's car had spontaneously combusted, his pants... Did the same. Well, that had to he be might, hilarious. He might win that awful. case then. Though. You know, yeah. talk about a courtroom display. Your See? Honor, I would like to enter into evidence my burning trousers. <laughs> the attorney made a quick exit to the restroom where he put out the fire. Gutierrez wasn't hurt, but said he has quit using e-cigarettes. Yeah, well, might be a good idea. <laughs> I don't think so. Keep using them. We're talking about them. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, and let's see if he won his case. All right. Right now, WFLA News time. It's a very late 710, but you can read about a Boy Scouts rape suspect who was tricked into going to the police station at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. So is it time for men to put their foot down? <laughs> yes. Uh, put the foot down. Uh, Go ahead. Have you ever seen Can't. the movie Inside Out? Uh, no, you it's been a long the, time. Yeah. The movie Inside Out where they're, it's like the they're showing you like the oh, little cartoon characters y- yes, in the brain. Yes, yes, I have seen that. And they're yes. like, the foot, the foot is coming down. Ten, nine. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it. That was good. I love All it. right, we'll talk about that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Take it to DEFCON 2. You heard that, gentlemen? DEFCON 2. Listen, young lady, I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this pup? Come and get it! Yeah, well, well... Here it comes. Prepare the foot. Keys to second position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. Just shut up! Fire! That's it. Go to your room. Now. Put us down. The foot is down. <laughs> yes, the dad in that movie put his foot down. So I um, and it was actually a woman who shared this article with me, which I I find it fascinating with these issues that it's women who are passionate about it. But it's from uh the Blaze writer Matt Walsh, conservative writer. This is what he said that started a bunch of controversy, and we'll see what you all think about this. He said, um, I said that the husbands of these left-wing feminist women who decided to abandon their professional and family duties for the day in order to make some vaguely defined political statement need to show some leadership in their households rather than submissively cooperating with the wife's decision to put her feminism ahead of her family. A man should offer some guidance. And then he said they need a the man needs to put his foot down and be a man. Do you think, and I, I want to hear from women especially, 407-916-5400, text to 23680. Do you think men in our society need to man up, lead their households, and um, you know, we be the main influence in the family. Be the leader in the family. 
Now, Matt Walsh points out that if he said that women should put their foot down, nobody would have had a problem. He makes the point that so many problems in our society have been have been caused because men have not been either have not been present in the household at all or have not been the leaders in the household. He said, well, we've had several decades now of female-led homes, homes whether either the man is physically absent, forcing the woman to play both roles, or the man is spiritually and emotionally absent, submitting to the wife in all things, while he busies himself with porn and video games and whatever else. Dude, it's Friday. The result has been nothing less than the disintegration of the family unit and the rapid decay of our entire culture. We're going to do this on a Friday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I- I'm waiting for this. I want to know out there, any women, do you think this is true? Do you think we feminized our culture too much, that men have not shown enough leadership in the household? In fact, in your household, if you're married and have kids, is the man the leader in the household? Is he the spiritual leader, the emotional leader, and just the main leader in the household? And I want to know, a phone call we probably won't get, men, why don't you lead your households? That That's actually a if great question, too. If you feel like you don't have the ability to or you are circumcised from leading your households, why? He has a, a bunch of steps here. He has uh, five steps, I believe on what men should do to start leading their households. He says, I've always thought that the concept of a man being a leader is pretty obvious and ingrained. Does it seem like it is in our society? Should it be? 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. It's 719 on Good Morning Orlando. So I'm getting some texts in, and you can text to 23680 from men and women. Now, one person disagrees and says leading has nothing to do with sex, but most people seem to agree with what Matt Walsh is saying here, saying that one person just said, yes, yes, yes. I don't know if that was a man or a woman, but another person says, yes, more men need to man up. I do in my household and it's expected and appreciated. You can respect your wife and still quote, wear the pants, unquote. Another person said role role reversal doesn't work, and I think that's more than obvious by the issues we see today, and that was a woman texting that in. Another person said, I am blessed with a strong husband uh, who is the spiritual and physical leader of our home. Society has emasculated men in movies and media by showing them as stupid and very upset, and that was that was a woman saying that. So let's take calls here. Let's take calls. I'll just say, if you don't believe this, Wait till a spider shows up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, Anne in College Park. Anne, what's your take on this? Hi, bud. Uh, not sorry, but Yeah, good morning. Good morning. This subject needs a couple of days to discuss, but... Yeah, it does, really. You're uh, right. Y- yes. And, you know, I'm going to take a different part uh, aspect to this. I think a lot of the problem is created by women. Women do not know how to be women. Okay. Well, And how, how, do, it, how do you... How do you be a woman? My thing is, you got too many women that are woofing at their man and not allowing him to be the leader of the house. It's fine if we want to go out and have a job, but still, the man should be the leader. And a lot of this is happening because women have uh, gotten out into society and just 
have overpowered men. I don't need you. I don't need your opinion. When in fact we do. And men need to stand up and man up and be the man of the household. It's just that simple. And women have a lot to blame for that. I could not agree with you more. And because you're a woman, I think he has validity. Paul Paul agrees with you 100%. He was very excited about everything you said. Well, you know, there's an old <laughs> there's an old saying, and it's not very old, but there's a saying that goes, if you want a man to stand up and lead, then maybe you should sit down. Exactly. Ooh. And, as a, and as a woman, it's a tact to doing that. doesn't mean that you can't speak, but it's a tact to doing that. And women need to learn that. Interesting. Anne, thank you so much. Any women agree with Anne out there? I got a call. I got a text that came in and says, I agree, but I can't call. My wife might hear me. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Are we in a safe space now, Mike? Is this a, are we in a safe environment? Yes. Do we need a, a napping pod after we, this? We got to be bold. We got to, we got to point this stuff out. Um, here's what uh, Matt Walsh says men should do. He has a step by step process here. He says, one, we should never expect more from our wives and our children than we expect from ourselves. I think that's perfect. Two, he says we should demonstrate moral courage. And this is another thing that I have an issue with, what it means to be a man. There's a lot of men I know that believe being a man is being rebellious or angry or tough, you know, physically. And But being a man is more about taking care of your family, taking care of your finances, taking your family to church and doing the right thing. That also is what it takes to be a man. And that was number three. His number third point, he says, we should go to church and pray with our families. And he points out 60% of churchgoers in average congregations are female, not men. That's it? I would have thought it was way more than 60%. I would have put it like 73, 75%. In my experience, yes, it's a lot more women. Uh, He says we should get plenty of exercise. That's, That's good. That's just good for everybody, though, I think. And number five is very interesting. He says we should die. Now, when you actually read that, he's getting it from Ephesians chapter 5, when people often focus on women submit to your husbands. But it also says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. What does that mean? It means Christ died for the church and we should be willing to die for our wives. Any women out there agree, disagree? I'm getting a lot of texts coming in. Uh, let's take one more call here real quick. Let's go to David and Apopka. David, what's your take on this? Hey, good morning, Mike. <clears throat> really appreciate you guys taking my call. Um, I, I do agree with the last caller. And it's a it's like a twofold situation. If we trace back in the Bible, back to Genesis, you see what happened in the garden, right? You know, Eve was getting distracted by, you know, old boy downstairs. And if Adam would have been the man, and this is a huge controversial topic in the church, especially nowadays, oh yeah, because of the way things are going on right now, right? So if he would have stepped up to the plate and said, no, don't talk to that idiot, you know, put the, put the fruit down, um, and this is why you got to put it down, not just be a dictator, but in love, you know, because God doesn't chastise people without giving them the example of what they should be doing you know, and what the fruits would come of that, that's a big part of what's happening today. So if you look at men, if they were to take on the role that they were called to be and actually be the, uh, how, can you, how can I put this, be the image of Christ in the home, in the job place, in everywhere they are, 
that would that would make society a much better, much healthier place for everybody. David, I could not agree with you more. Thank you for your call. There's really not enough time to have this conversation. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, the, one of the main reasons men don't do it is because they're belittled and ridiculed for trying to be leaders. There's no doubt our pop culture yeah. ridicules men. It just I was watching a new show on Netflix called One Day at a Time. It's about a Cuban family in the US. Um and the whole the half the show is ridiculing. The, all the men in the show are either abusive or they're stupid or they're just out of touch. Yep. And the women are the leaders. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's all over a pop culture. All right, um, Deborah Roberts is going to come in and uh, tell us about the latest news, including what's going on in South Korea. Very concerning situation. We'll keep an eye on it. It's 730 on Good Morning Orlando. So I'm still getting a bunch of texts and calls in on the idea that we need more men in our society. That maybe men should take more leadership roles in the households and in families, and that's not happening enough. And I'm getting stuff on both sides, which is very interesting, and we'll get Deb's take as well. But first, Deborah Roberts, who's joining me here, is going to tell us uh, the latest news, especially what's going on in South Korea. I'll definitely take you there, but first I want to, uh, for those folks who maybe were listening to the traffic report, were half an ear on their way out the door this morning, want to let you know, Thank goodness it is Friday, but if you have to be anywhere near downtown Orlando this morning, it's going to be a miserable commute. And that's because a man was found shot to death in a car at the intersection of Orange Blossom Trail and Colonial Drive this morning. And because it is a death scene, an investigation is going to be taking several hours this morning. So that major intersection has been shut down, has been closed all morning long, and is most likely going to be closed for a few hours more. Now overseas, the ouster of President Park Geun-hae is sparking protests in the streets of South Korea. Two people are reported dead in Seoul today following clashes between demonstrators and police. The first democratically elected South Korean president to be removed from office faces charges in a corruption scandal that also involves the head of the electronics firm Samsung. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's well, hometown bank. I mean, you said it will definitely affect us here, and that's a great example of how it could. Yeah. Samsung. I mean, I'm using a Samsung tablet right now right in front of me. So, And the person that they're expecting to take over as the new president of South Korea has said he is not interested in having as close of a relationship with the U.S. He's more interested in building closer ties with his neighbors, North Korea and China. Right. So um, we were talking about an article here where uh, the guy is basically pointing out, and I think he's right in a lot of ways, that men need to man up more in the world that women are often taking leadership roles, and a lot of times it's because men are spiritually, emotionally absent or physically absent in, in that, but that also women don't respect men as much as they used to. And um, let's take a call here real quick from Pam in Winter Garden. Pam, what's your take on this? Hi, Pam. Pam, you there? Hello? Pam. Hello. Hello? Hi. There you are. <laughs> Sorry, you? I was trying to pull in a parking place. Uh, that's all right. Down a minute. What, uh, what's, what's your take on what we've, what we've been talking about? Well, as, as a, I was raised in a home where my father was definitely the leader. And as a young woman, I knew the things I wanted were a man that, if I needed him, could provide for me, who could guide me with wisdom, because I do think women are more emotionally based and men can be more logical. And who, if somebody broke in our house, would stand in front of me and say, you're going to have to kill me to touch her. And uh, my husband is not only my leader, but he's my hero. I have 
some health issues, and that man fights for me every day with doctors, with insurance companies, with so uh, any man who could stand up and and be a leader, I think, is a gift to a woman. Interesting. All right, all gift to a woman. And he talked about a uh, think pain for your call. He talked. She talked about how the man should be willing to die for his woman. That's exactly what Mash, Matt Walsh was getting. That that that's in the Bible. That uh, just as Christ died for the church, a man should be willing to die for his wife. Um, Deb, what do you think about this? I know you have a lot of takes on this. I I really don't know. I I really don't kind of really get where he's coming from. What do you mean that? Well, I mean, do you think men should take more leadership roles in the household? I, if you're a born leader, you're a born leader. I don't think your gender predisposes you to leadership. I think your character and your personality, how you were raised, your education level, all of that would point to leadership. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm one of those people though too who doesn't believe uh, you can love someone without respecting them. And yet the word love is thrown around so much. Well, that's true. I I definitely, you know, like I I hate commercials where they make the dad look like the boob. Yeah. Like he can't find his way out of a paper bag. Right. I find that so hard to get out of a paper bag. Okay. (laughs) But that is, that is so incredibly unfair and, you know, demoralizing you know, for the guy to always be made the laughing stock of the family. You know, if something is, is broken or whatever, go to mom and she can get it done. So I would like to see a little bit more fairness represented. You know, I know they're going for the laugh in, yeah. in that sense, but it's hard for, you know, uh, but so at the same let me time, ask you, do you believe in the existence of a masculine energy and a feminine energy? Absolutely. But I also believe that those energies are contained in each individual. It doesn't belong to one purely. You have feminine aspects to your personality just as I have masculine <laughs> aspects to my personality. So in that sense, I think it has to be more about the individual than about the gender. But you don't believe that they become dominant in the gender? Like as a man, I will have more masculine than feminine aspects? They my... can. They okay. can, depending on the person. You know, but as a as a person who grew up with a single father, yeah, I'd like to see a guy step up a little bit more. But guess what? They didn't. Well, yeah, so... and that's kind of what he's talking about, that there's so many issues where men did not step up when they should have. Exactly. And that's kind of the the problem. So, so women are having get... to step up because men are absent. But maybe they're not. Maybe they also want to. So, okay. Um, I hear what you're saying, but I've never met a woman who actually can truthfully say she wanted to do it. Now, no, I, I've now, met many women subject... who have said they've, they've had to no, do no, no, it. No, no, no. On the subject of single parenthood, no parent, I, I don't think, knowingly, if they know what they're going to get into, would knowingly say, I want to do this by myself. And obviously, you know, we respect any women who has to raise the house on their own. I mean, but that's not the ideal situation. No, it definitely isn't. But I'm not going to forfeit my decision making to someone simply because. Go ahead, because. Because he's a man. Well, I was going to put it in a different term. I knew term. you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Because he has a... Um... All right. I got him too. Mine just are higher up. All right. All right. Um, really great conversation. Still got calls and texts coming in. It is 740 on Good Morning Orlando. All right. So I'm getting some texts in. One person texted in and says, I am a woman and I agree. I love that you are having this conversation and I love the Christian worldview that affects the show. So definitely a lot of Christian women, I think, would agree that women should 
you know, take more of a supportive role. When you talk about submission, well, what's in the word submission? You're not allowed to you say that. FCC regulations. You, you can't have say su- curse words on the air. You can't say submission? Yeah, that's, that's cursing. <laughs> submission is your sub, you put it apart, submission means you're supporting the mission of the husband. It's not necessarily meaning that you have to do everything he says and he gets to abuse you. It just means you're supporting the mission of the husband. So, but I did have one person who says, I can't even believe you're asking this question. It should be equal. So there you go. I don't know wait, if that was wait, me. Time out. What, what equal? What's that? <laughs> I don't know. Communism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, tell us. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a call here from Belu- uh, Bertha in Volusia County. Bertha, how are you today? Nice to talk to you again. Yes, but of course. I feel that you know it says unequally yoked. If you're a Christian, you cannot marry an atheist. You got to talk before you get married. Oh, that's you true. can't change people; they are who they are. Mm-hmm. And I think more ministers should counsel couples before they marry them. I you cannot agree with that more. Before you get married. I mean that I 100% agree with that, but it's a little off topic. What? I mean, what do you think about should men take more of the leadership role in families? Of course a man should be the leader. That's why I threw my husband out the door, because I'm stronger than him. So the fact of the matter is... Oh, so you didn't... (laughs) I want a strong man, and I'm a strong woman. He has to be stronger than me, and he has to be a Christian. Wow. You can't marry somebody that is so different from you. It's not going to happen. It's not going to change. you got to talk before you get married. Interesting. All right. So the man the man wasn't strong enough for Bertha. I, See, that's a whole new can of worms. That's a whole nother conversation because, because in, why? Cause in, in many opinions and worldview that it's not a I'm strong. He's got to be stronger than me. Maybe you need to be softer than you are. Oh, maybe the true role is for you to begin <laughs> to nurture man, and not and not demand a strength out of a man that you chose to live with. We are getting deep. We are getting deep in today's Good Morning Orlando <laughs> for a Friday. Let's go to Keith, the Winter Garden. Keith, what's your take on this? Well, but, hey, Mike, how you doing? Hey, Good. listen, here's the deal. You know, I, you know, I understand where Bertha's coming from as far as, you know, her husband wasn't a strong guy, so she tossed him. And I understand where Deborah's coming from as far as, you know, everybody has their own uh, strengths and, and, and weaknesses and what have you. But the reality is, is that, you know, God created men 20% larger than women because uh, the man is the defender, you know. Um, we're the hunters, they're the, the gatherers, and I get that from primeval days. But at the same time, you know, that goes to spirituality as well. And the thing is, is being a leader in your household is not a right, it's a responsibility. And yes, you're supposed to defend your, your wife and family. You're not supposed to have them defend you. Because I can guarantee you, if uh, something happens, a uh, home invasion or something like that, the women aren't going to stand up front and fight this guy head on. They're going to push you out there first. Why? Because, you know, you're the man. As they should, I think. Absolutely. And the problem is, is look at our society today as a whole. Look at the problems in the household. White, black, or indifferent, doesn't matter who they are. Uh, A household without a man in it, you know, um, certainly when it's his fault, not necessarily, you know, the responsibility of the woman to keep him around. But, you know, if a man dies or something like that, I get that. But at the same time, look at these kids. Look at what we're raising uh, you know, women raise women. Women don't raise men, and vice versa for that matter. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. So I think our, our whole societal role is upside down, 
and 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 these liberals are just tearing down the the, the family unit more and more and more for what reason I have no idea but that's really what's going on it's Keith these, man I, needs to be a man I appreciate your call Keith and I and agree. can I add just to dig us deeper down this rabbit hole that we've oh, gone into right. As a black man, allow me to speak to black America who's listening right now. Men, go home and take care of your families. Period. Do Uh, it. The end. (laughs) All right. There you go. I I like that. All right. um, So here's a text that I'm going to read to wrap up this conversation. The latest text I got in, I think, says it all. I have been taking care of myself all my life. I am 53. I would be happy for someone to take over. Tired of wussy men. I think that wraps it up. All right, we got the Rush Morning Update and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yes, this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud will be back on Monday. He definitely will be back on Monday, so don't worry. Um, you can send me a firm request on Facebook. Just search Michael Yeffy. Send me a firm request. Usually I do my show, Beyond Reason Radio, Friday nights on the station as well. But there's a Gator game tonight, so you'll want to check that out instead. Um, so I will not be able to do Beyond Reason tonight. But we'll be back next week for with a lot of episodes of Beyond Reason, so you want to check that out. In the next half hour, I started watching this documentary because I watch a lot of documentaries on Netflix because I'm a nerd, yada, yada, yada. I started watching this documentary called The Untold History of the United States, and it's directed by Oliver Stone. And I noticed right away it's very pro-Soviet Union. Very pro-leftism. And so I thought we would get a history professor on. And if you know, if you listen to this station or a lot of other stations over the weekend, you probably heard the Florida Roundtable show, which I co-host with Reagan Smith. Now, Reagan Smith is a professor at the University of Central Florida. And we were talking a little bit about this, so I wanted to bring him on because there's a lot of revisionist history out there, especially surrounding like World War II, that we need to make sure to correct and put out the correct history. So we're going to do that in the next half hour. We also have Deborah Roberts, who's going to come in and tell us the latest news, especially with what's going on in South Korea. And Bike Week kicks off this weekend. It is 7.59 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning there's chaos in South Korea today, and Bike Week kicks off this weekend. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. We're going to correct some revisionist history that's going on out there. We're going to talk with history professor and host of Florida Roundtable, Reagan Smith, this half hour. Good Friday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. South Korea's acting head of state is begging for calm after opponents and supporters of ousted President Park Geun hye held fierce rallies that have killed two people and divided the capital of Seoul. South Korea's defense minister has ordered the military to be on alert for possible North Korean provocations. The Constitutional Court has ruled to remove Park from office amid a corruption scandal. The first democratically elected South Korean president to be removed from office faces charges in a corruption scandal that also involves the head of electronics firm Samsung. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And uh, tell us a little bit um, for people who are just joining us why we should be concerned about this as Americans. Well, because, uh, again, like we said earlier, South Korea is one of our longest and staunchest allies in the Pacific area, of course, you know, bordered by our staunchest enemies, North Korea and China. And because Pak Gun-hye has been removed from office, the man who's going to be replacing her 
has uh, reportedly put the United States on notice that he's not as interested in having as peaceful a relationship going forward. He would rather build consensus with his neighbors, North Korea and China. So he's not going to be interested moving forward with the United States. And he is the one who's expected to be the new president of South Korea. Yeah, that's a lot of ramifications for us in the world, really. It really is. So right now, these are demonstrations and it's and it's, you know, chaos in the streets of Seoul. But before you know it, it it could be reflective in problems here in the U.S. Yeah. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And local news, your commute this morning, if you have to be anywhere near downtown Orlando, is surely a nightmare. And that's because a man was found shot to death this morning in a vehicle at an intersection near downtown Orlando. The Orlando Police Department says the shooting was reported shortly after 2.30 this morning at West West Colonial Drive and Orange Blossom Trail. The man wasn't publicly immediately identified, but as the victim's family members gathered at the crime scene this morning, one relative said he's 28 years old and has a daughter. A death scene investigation has the intersection of Orange Blossom Trail and Colonial Drive shut down. It has been all morning long, and it will remain closed indefinitely. The shooting, of course, remains under investigation. A Central Florida prosecutor is out of a job after getting arrested for allegedly buying prescription drugs illegally. Brevard and Seminole County State Attorney Phil Archer yesterday announced the dismissal of Assistant State Attorney John Tapa III over his arrest Wednesday. Tapa was handcuffed in the parking lot of the Rockledge Lowe's stores, where Brevard County Sheriff's Office investigators say he bought 10 Roxycodone pain pills for $200. Authorities say they found even more pills in the 29-year-old's car. He started working for the state attorney's office in 2013, but today he's booked in the Brevard County Jail on drug charges, and the cases Tapa handled will now be audited. A Palm Coast motorcyclist has lost a foot, but is lucky to be alive after nearly dying in a car crash. Palm Coast and Flagler County officials say the biker lost control last night and skidded. Uh, before colliding with a car. The motorcyclist was unresponsive uh, while being transported to Florida Hospital Flagler, but revived at the hospital, thankfully, and transferred to the trauma unit at Halifax Health in Daytona Beach for further treatment. The driver of the car involved in the crash suffered minor injuries and was also taken to the hospital. And this is interesting, and the stats are pretty scary. In case you didn't know, as we're getting ready for a pretty big weekend here in Central Florida, keep in mind Florida led the nation in motorcycle deaths in 2015, with 606 people losing their lives. What we really saw was, between 2014 and 2015, a 30% increase in motorcycle fatalities. And that's pretty significant, considering when looking, on average, at other states, uh, the increase was only about 10%. Yeah, AAA's Josh Carrasco says, while 83% of bikers told the auto club they do wear a helmet when they ride, only 47% were observed wearing a helmet, according to a motorcycle helmet usage report. And finally, it matters because the world's largest motorcycle festival is roaring into Daytona Beach and across central Florida for another bike week. Festivities for the 76th year of the event start today. Up to half a million easy riders are expected to participate in a slew of contests and events. Bike Weeks Weeks runs through Sunday, March 19th. Have you ever... Driven a motorcycle? No, I am terrified of motorcycles, and I've I always wanted to go to Bike Week, and I've never gone. Who doesn't want to see two girls wrestling in coleslaw? <laughs> That's right up there with my bucket list of going to see a monster truck show. Monster truck shows are a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I've, I've not I've, been to Bike Week. but I have not been to Bike Week. I have not been to Gatorland. I have been mud bogging. Interesting. I would have... 
totally expected those to be in reverse. <laughs> I would have totally expected you have been to Bike Week, been to Gatorland, and not gone mud bogging. Nope, been mud bogging, haven't been to a monster truck show, and I haven't been to Bike Week. I, I've just known way too many people that have died in motorcycle accidents. I mean, it's not even not necessarily personally, but like friends of friends. Oh, just yeah. in the past five years, ten years of my life. I mean, I can count five. Just on the top of my head. I have to say, I can't wait to my midlife crisis, though, so I can get me a Harley. Really? Yeah. A big... I mean, you're almost there, right? Hey, okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Wow. I'm just kidding, man. Can uh. you feel the love? Well, I think, I think what's so scary about it, it's not the motorcycles, it's the cars around them. You oh, have well, yeah. so many distracted drivers. On their phones, not paying attention, they're nearly going to hit your other 3,000, 5,000 pound vehicle. I can't imagine being on two wheels and no helmet and the idiot next door. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, we just got a text coming in and said, here we go again. You people just can't stand people that love freedom. No, I like we, to- we get that you love freedom I and that you, want, you don't want to wear a helmet. We're on your side. We understand yeah. that loud pipes save lives. What we are saying is that we're as worried about the people you have to drive around you know, the fact that you love freedom is compromised by someone who insists on texting behind the wheel. Plus, I'm plus I'm just a, a big scaredy cat. So that's that, that's just it's really on me more than anything. <laughs> freedom hater. Yeah, you're a freedom hater. Right. <laughs> we have, are we gonna? He didn't even challenge that. <laughs> WFLA I mean, News Time eight oh nine. Of course you're not. But listen, you can read about how a, a, after a car fell on his dad. A nine-year-old boy rescued him. Yeah, I have to read that story. I'm very curious. It's got video and everything to show you how the little nine-year-old got it done. You can check it out at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Sounds like that was a good text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some texters are, we're not. I don't know, saying some weird stuff. But that happens. That comes with. That comes with the game. All right, we're going to talk to a history professor and host of the Florida Roundtable, Reagan Smith, um, to try to correct some revisionist history that's going on out there. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio one zero two five WFLA. This is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Bud will be back on Monday. I also co-host a show. That actually syndicates across the state of Florida. It plays over the weekends. It's a public affairs show. You should listen to it uh, this weekend show, by the way. It's going to be really good. Um, I co-host the Florida Roundtable with Reagan Smith. Now, Reagan Smith is also a history professor out at UCF and Valencia, I believe. And um, the reason I wanted to bring Reagan on is I saw this documentary or I saw I started watching it um, by Oliver Stone called The Untold History of the United States. And it's on Netflix, and so if you're into watching documentaries, I'm sure you've seen it pop up on there telling you you should watch it. And I started watching it, and I became very skeptical of some of it, so I wanted to talk to Reagan about it since she's much more knowledgeable about this stuff than I am. Uh, Reagan, how are you this morning? Good morning, Michael. How are you doing? Pretty good. So um, I know we talked about this earlier um, in the week, and I wanted to bring you on. First off, Oliver Stone. As a history professor, what do you think about his history credentials? I think he takes an awful lot of what we would call dramatic license. Huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, he, yes, he served in Vietnam. 
And I think probably the only totally honest film he ever made uh, was Platoon, which is almost autobiographical uh, right. in its nature. Uh, Oliver Stone and Historical Truth have no connection to one another. Wow. They really don't. Um, now, in this uh, documentary... He he makes a point. He thinks, for one, he loves Henry Wallace. He thinks Henry, if Henry Wallace was would have become president instead of Harry Truman, um, that we would have been friends with the Soviet Union after World War II. The Cold War, you know, might never have happened. He takes. He seems very positive towards the Soviet Union and thinks we were too harsh on him, on them. What well, do you think about that? I I think. <laughs> I I think he's he's probably not dreaming. We would have been friends. Uh, we might even have a totally socialist government by this time. Uh, Henry Wallace, an interesting character, his family had roots in the Republican Party. And uh, in, in Roosevelt's first eight years, Henry Wallace was the most liberal left-wing member of the whole Roosevelt administration. And uh, in 1930, from 1933 to 1941, uh, President Roosevelt's vice president, it was a former Texas congressman named Jack Garner. Jack was very conservative. Of course, Roosevelt, uh, one of the most liberal presidents that we ever had. By the time we got to 1940, Roosevelt was tired of it and said, Jack, I love you, but it's time for you to go home to Texas. And uh, he personally wanted Henry Wallace. Now, Henry Wallace had been Republican. He worked with Harding and Coolidge uh, and Mr. Hoover switched parties, became probably the most liberal, uh, farthest to the left Democrat in the whole Roosevelt administration. The, the, the uh, rank-and-file Democrats, the people who ran the Democratic Party, did not like Henry Wallace. They did not want him. There was one man in Washington who wanted Henry Wallace to be the vice president, and that was Franklin Roosevelt. And so what happened? By the time we got to 1944, Roosevelt was obviously sick and dying. He didn't have the stomach for the fight again. The, the people who ran the Democratic Party did not like Henry Wallace. They didn't want him. And Roosevelt finally said, oh, all right, I give up. You people go to the convention and you choose. Uh, and they came up with this senator from Missouri by the name of Harry Truman. Interesting. And I want to talk to you in the next segment about um, Harry Truman because Oliver Stone says – the only reason we bombed um, the atom bomb on Japan with Hiroshima and Nagasaki is that Harry Truman was one a racist, a, a barbaric, and was just to keep the Soviet Union out of Japan. And um, yeah, so uh, we'll talk about that in the next time because we got to get a break. Uh, can you hold on with this, Reagan? Absolutely. All right, because there's definitely some things uh, revisionist history there as well. We'll talk about that. We have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio one zero two five WFLA. And we've been talking with history professor and host of the Florida Roundtable, which plays on this station Sunday nights at 8, Reagan Smith. And um, we've been talking about Oliver Stone has a documentary out. It's on Netflix now. You know, I actually had a friend tell me, hey, you should watch this. It's really interesting. So I started watching it, and I felt like it was important to set the record straight on a lot of what it says in there because I became very skeptical of it. So I talked with someone who I know is incredibly knowledgeable of history, and Reagan Smith about this. And uh, Reagan, I wanted to ask you about Harry Truman because this documentary makes the point. He says that there was no need to drop the bomb on Japan, the atom bomb on Japan, because Japan was about to surrender anyway. 
Now that goes in the face of what I've heard a lot. What is your take on that? Do you, I mean, was Japan really just about to surrender and there was no need? Absolutely not. I think that is a bunch of nonsense. It's, it's, uh, it's twaddle from uh, Oliver Stone's revisionist history and his imagination. Um, the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, and, and people like George Marshall, who was the chairman, uh, and chief military advisor to the president, were advising Mr. Truman that if we had to invade the Japanese homeland, that we could lose millions of more 17, 18, 19-year-old men who were island hopping. The Japanese did not surrender. That was a part of their religion. You've heard of the kamikaze pilots. Uh, their plane's in trouble. They crash it into an American battleship. Uh, the Harry Carey knife. They didn't quit. And when they went out and took the enemy with them, they got an automatic pass to heaven. It's a part of their deal. Harry Truman's one of the most popular presidents we've had. If all you learned about him came from Oliver Stone, you could come away concluding that he was a racist, that he was mentally unfit for office, suffering from gender confusion that led to mass murder. Yeah, that was in this. That was actually in this. You're right. Stone says he was bullied by the boys who called him Four Eyes and Sissy and chased him after school. And he says, and he uses that to cite Truman's dropping the bomb. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. And since since the fall of communism, uh, records have opened up some in the so in the former Soviet Union. And with every day that goes by, we are finding out more and more. There are no solid numbers yet on how many people Joseph Stalin had murdered in Russia, his own people. Right. Uh, and and we think that it may come out to be even a larger number uh, than Hitler in the Holocaust, that Stalin may turn out wow. to be the biggest so-and-so uh, that the world has ever seen. And, yeah, because and- in this documentary, he, said he makes Stalin to seem more reasonable in that it was Truman who was unreasonable, that Stalin was kind of willing to negotiate a lot and not take a lot of Eastern Europe, but because Truman was not willing to negotiate on um, Poland, that that's what made Stalin such a hardliner. But I've read some other things that says, no, Stalin wanted to take over most of Europe. Uh, Absolutely. And all you have to do is look at what happened to Yugoslavia and Albania and Czechoslovakia and Poland uh, to realize that that is the truth. The communists were going to rule the world. Their philosophy, they thought, was superior to, to democracy, and we were going to fall under our own weight. That was the prediction. And if people think uh, that the, this Joe Stalin stuff is true, well, have you ever heard of Nikita Khrushchev, Mikhail Gorbachev, those people? Khrushchev, who was no angel, went to great lengths to dispel all this stuff about Stalin being such a great man. They even had him removed from the mausoleum where his uh, his body was entombed next to Lenin. Uh, it was done years ago. And and even the Soviet people do not would not buy what wow. Oliver Stone is saying about Joseph Stalin. You know, it's, it's very interesting, too, when we were talking about Japan. Um, he's saying, well, Japan was going to surrender anyways, and we didn't want the Soviet Union to get involved in Japan. And you and I actually interviewed an author. It was of a book called The Last to Die that was about the last American to die in Japan. And in that book, he lays out, am I correct? Doesn't he lay out that Japan was very divided even after the emperor 
decided to surrender, that even there was many in the Japanese military and government who wanted to go against the emperor and not surrender? You are absolutely right. And the last American to die was a young man from Pennsylvania who was shot down after the surrender announcement. They were paying the airports to bring our planes in so that General MacArthur could get there and whatnot. And some in the Japanese airport were still shooting even after the emperor announced there was going to be a surrender. So Stone, Oliver Stone and Truth are two words that absolutely have no relationship to each other at all. <laughs> but, but you can you can put me down as neutral on that. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> talking with uh, Reagan Smith, who is uh, the history uh, history professor out at the University of Central Florida. Him and I host the Florida Roundtable. If you want to check out the podcast of all any of the Florida Roundtable shows, go to 1025WFLA.com, click on the Shows tab, and then click on the Florida Roundtable. You know, I think it's interesting, just one last point, he makes it seem like, you know, it was really the Soviets who defeated the Nazis, and we really only played a very small role. That it was the Soviets was the fir- were the first ones to really defeat the Nazis in battle. Is that really true? Well, I would certainly be afraid. Uh, <laughs> Dwight Eisenhower's liable to jump up out of the grave and come <laughs> get it if we take that position. Uh, he can read history any way he wants. Did the Soviets lose the most people? Yes, uh, given that, they did. And But it was the winter snows, the same thing that defeated Napoleon in front of Moscow, is what defeated Adolf Hitler when he invaded the Soviet Union. It was the winter and the snow, and of course, uh, the Russian people themselves uh, having that will to stand up and, and fight him. And they lost a lot of people, but they waited until after Truman dropped the bomb to declare war on Japan. And that <laughs> yeah. was only because they were afraid they were going to miss getting a piece of the pie uh, in Asia there. Right. Yeah, and I thought I thought it was interesting as well, too. I mean, it was really the Battle of Britain that forced Hitler to invade the Soviet Union. So it was really the British that actually had the first major victory against Hitler. All right, Reagan, I thank you so much. <laughs> Have a great weekend, Mike. All right, Reagan, you too. All right, and Deborah Roberts is going to come in and update us on the latest news at the bottom of the hour. Uh, the main point of that segment is be skeptical if you watch that documentary by by Oliver Stone on Netflix. We have that in Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Well, hello, Deborah Roberts. Well- if, well, hello, Mike Yaffe. Yeah, I was about to say someone didn't turn on your mic. That's uh, because he's busy looking at his phone. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. To, he's not even a millennial. I know. Yeah. I know. He All should right. know better. So let's try this again. Hello, Deborah Roberts. Hello, Michael Yaffe. <laughs> All right. Um, how happy are you? Friday. What? Yes, happy Friday indeed. Um. So what's the latest news today? Well, unfortunately, we're starting it off uh, with a local story, because if you have to be downtown Orlando, maybe you have to go to the courthouse or a bank or something downtown. Be aware, a death scene investigation of a man who was found shot to death uh, in his car during the overnight hours has closed the really major intersection of Orange Blossom Trail and Colonial Drive. It's been close since the shooting was reported at about 2.30, 3 o'clock this morning, and they're not anticipating this road, this intersection is going to reopen until after morning drive. Wow. Yeah. And then overseas, we've got the ouster of South Korea's president by the Constitutional Court amid a corruption scandal, has triggered violent protests today in Seoul involving both supporters and opponents of Park Geun-hae. Officials say two men were killed and that about 30 protesters and police officers have been injured. 
This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank, and definitely the story to kind of keep our eyes on over the next weeks and months to come. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Let's have a little bit of fun because it is a Friday. Yes, I'm ready. Out of the original Starbursts, Uh you know, you've got cherry, orange, lemon, strawberry. What's your favorite flavor? You know what? I have to say it's a tie between lemon and strawberry. Really? I like both of those. It kind of depends on the day. I'm a lemon and cherry. Paul, what about you? See, you didn't say original when you first asked me. Well, Well, maybe I did and you just weren't paying attention because you were too busy looking at your phone. (laughs) Well, I mean, I have to look at my phone. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Lemon. I would say lemon. Lemon? Mm -hmm. All right. What about you, Michael? You guys are all wrong. It's strawberry. All right. All right. Oh, wow. As more proof that our phone screener, Michael Formasano, constantly gets his way. That's right. Starburst will be selling all pink packages of their chewy fruit candy during the month of April. The pink offerings come after years of- I like pink. I mean- what are, we, uh, what are we celebrating? I meant the Starburst. Yeah. Uh-huh. I meant the Starburst. Jeez. The pink offerings come after years of popular demand for what many say is their favorite flavor, which is ostensibly strawberry. The oh. best so Starburst flary, flavor is green. That's out of the tropical flavor pack? Yes. What's the green? Is the it mango? sour apple. Sour apple. Ooh. Not sour my, that takes me back Starburst. to my Jolly Rancher days. That yes. does sound really good, yeah, actually. Does. Well, uh, the company says half of all references about Starburst on social media are about the pink variety. A lot of people like the pink. They should do this with, like, every one of them. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just not even. The gonna... candy will be available at several major retailers, including Walmart and Target. And, Mike, I back that up. I think if they're going to come out with an all-strawberry package, they need to come out with an all-cherry. Yeah. All-lemon. All-orange. Ooh, I do like the orange ones, too. I, I just would... like them all. Why I wouldn't do they too. do all pink in, like, February for Valentine's Day? Doesn't or... that make sense? Yeah. You'd think. Green, you you could do it based off of the season. They could do an all sour apple one for Paul to Saint celebrate St. Patrick's Day. That's right. All That's right. a great idea. They're not thinking. <laughs> no, they're not thinking. Uh, thinking. Mike's on. A, Mike's on. He's writing a strongly worded email back there. Strongly worded tweet. <laughs> strongly worded tweet. <laughs> Trump would be proud. <laughs> all right. And our other goofy story of the day. This is crazy. A British photographer's curiosity is being credited with finding some history. The photographer followed a literal rabbit hole in a field on a farm in England. I heard about this. And it led him to a cave and tunnels, which were said to have been used by Knights Templars during the Middle Ages. A literal rabbit hole. That is so awesome. Well, they think it was used by Knights Templars, but also... Even before that, Christians who are maybe hiding. Yes, but this is what the photographer told the BBC that what appears to be an underground temple is an amazing condition for its age. Of course, for those who know, the Knights Templars were associated with the Crusades right. before being dissolved. I mean, that's that's Dark Ages material. We're talking 14, 1500s. That's yeah. what I love about the fields of England. You can go anywhere oh, in the fields yeah. of England and discover history that's 500, 1,000 years old. This reminds me of something, though, I have to rant about for a second. So my brother. Oh, yeah. Let's take your brother to task on this. <laughs> he takes a trip to Europe, right? Yeah. Uh, mostly France, but also goes to like Brussels and Amsterdam. Oh. And you know what he takes pictures of Wait, the whole time? Wait, let me time? guess. Because Amsterdam has, <laughs> has the most art museums for a city of its size in the world. So please tell me he went to go see Edvard Munch. Nope. 
Sure. Not one picture of any museums, no. of any art, other than the Eiffel Tower of any history. Well, he did take a picture of a statue that was peeing into the <laughs> fountain. Yep, that was the only history he took a picture of in the Eiffel Tower. The rest was just drinks and food. <laughs> The whole time. He That's goes, a millennial for you. He goes to Europe. He's only, yeah, he's only two years older than me. And he's a big foodie. But I was like, he goes, look at my pictures. So I go, and it's all drinks. I'm like, you didn't go to the Louvre? You didn't see Notre Dame? Any of that? No. No. I, I'm just, I'm a little jealous but. that he got to go, too. But <laughs> I'm just, when you mentioned that, I was like, wow. It really... <clears throat> You know, I, I don't know what your brother's name, and I've never met your brother, but I, I'm not sure if he's aware pasta looks the same here as it does in Italy. <laughs> I guess it does. It was very, <laughs> yeah. it was very important. However, you're not going to find the Vatican stateside. So, you know. <laughs> I know. Cruising around Europe. I know. Hey, but all I'm... things considered, you do have uh, the statue of the, or picture of the peeing statue. Yeah, and then you he can bought put a, that up in the house. Ooh. Then he bought a corkscrew of... Yeah, that, that was statue. good. Yeah, that Actually, was pretty good, though. You that might was... want to uh, enroll him in a program. <laughs> he might need a little help. <laughs> I'm glad he was in Texas because he's probably not listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we're going to play Sound Judgment coming up next. Sound Judgment, give us your give us a call, 407-916-5400 for a chance to win a great prize. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WF. Yes, it is time for your chance to win a great prize. And uh, call screening today, we have Mr. Michael Formasano, who's going to tell you exactly what you can win. What is it, Mike? Our winner today is going to get a pair of one-day passes to check out the NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing, returning to Gainesville Raceway with Emily Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals, March 16th through the 19th, featuring 330-mile-per-hour side-by-side drag racing action. We will also throw in a one-night stay at the Red Roof Inn or Red Roof Inn Plus of your choice. Red Roof Inn just opened their 500th Inn and 50th Plus location and are celebrating by hooking you up with 500 ready card points. But your, book your stay today at redroofinn.com. And for race and ticket information, go to nhra.com. Ignite your senses. All right, sounds good. Uh, great prize, great tickets to the drag race. And um, so this guy has been making a lot of news lately. So I want you to listen to this sound cut and use your sound judgment to tell me who this is speaking. Here it is. There is no such thing as absolute privacy in America. There is no place in America outside of judicial reach. That's the bargain. A little concerning when you hear that as well, by the way. So I thought I ought to play this cut. But who is that speaking? Obviously, heads a very important federal government agency. Um, 407-916-5400. Let's go to line three. Line three, who is that speaking? That is James Comey, FBI chief. That is exactly right. Great job. I know. I We have, we have a smart. <laughs> you excited about the prize? Oh, I sure am. Yeah, this is Ed from Titusville. Thanks a lot, uh, Yaffe. All right, great. Yes. Um, um, all right. Have you ever been to a drag race before? Uh, many, many years ago when I was young, uh, back in New Jersey, back in the 70s. All right. What did you think about that cut by Comey? Well, you know, I think he's uh, kind of letting the cat out of the bag. You know, there's no such thing as privacy anymore with all that is hacking and all that is ability to intercept, you know, Wi-Fi and wire signals. 
I think I think you might be right. I think you might be right. All right, I will put you on hold and yeah, get your chance to find out how to pick up that great prize and congratulations. Another happy contest winner on WFLA. All right, and we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yes, and uh, this is this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Bud will be back on Monday. I had a couple of people ask. He had some issues with his voice, but it seems to be pretty much getting better, and he will be back on Monday. I really appreciate you sticking with me this week as I host. If you ever want to hear me host my own show, I do my own show called Beyond Reason Radio. Um, usually it's on Friday nights, but tonight the Gator game is going to preempt it. But if you want to catch any of the old shows, you can download the Beyond Reason Radio app or you can go to our website, 1025wfla.com. Click on the Good Morning Orlando tab and click on Beyond Reason blog. I also put up a lot of different blogs and different writings up there as well. I talked about what I worry about with the future of conservatism which, um, you know, just because we seem to be a little overconfident now that Trump has a presidency, but there's a lot of stuff dealing with conservatism that, you know, we're still caving on a lot of things and not going towards the limited government route. So um, another way to get in touch with me is you can friend request me on Facebook. Just search Michael Yaffe, send me a friend request, and I will accept it. I posted this meme yesterday. And I was curious what Paul's take on this was, too, if you guys have any takes in the control room. I posted this meme yesterday that I saw just to get a reaction because it's always fun. It is. Um, it's, it has a picture of a man cave at the top, and it says, ditch the man cave and bring back the study. I saw this. Yeah. Education, intelligence, thoughtfulness, logic, wisdom, kindness, and the ability to communicate are sexier than self-indulgent materialism any day. And it's funny. I told my fiance I want to have a study at my house. But I loved one of the comments when you posted it. One of the guys was like, I've got a bookcase in my man cave. <laughs> he got like, yeah, he says, I have three shelves. <laughs> yeah. Does that count? So, but I always like to throw this stuff out there because this has been a big topic for us today in the past couple of days. I always like to throw it out to women because and see what they think because- I don't know. I think there's something wrong with putting women in like a a monolith voting block. We we try to do that. The woman vote. How do you get the woman vote? And we kind of put them all as one sort of group. But women are not just a group where they all think alike, act alike, do the same things, believe in the same things. Really? Yes, really, Paul, really. Don't, don't, you're going to get me in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I really started thinking about this last night because women are individuals just like men. They're individuals with their own set of beliefs, their own set of desires, their own, you know, gifts, talents, likes, dislikes. And I thought, I just think this is interesting because the Democrat Party, especially in the last election with Hillary Clinton, they were kind of banking on the woman vote. They thought Hillary Clinton be would be a woman, or Hillary Clinton being a woman. You thought I know. she would be a woman? I know. There's a lot of... <laughs> you go down a long road with that one. Yeah, no, but they thought Hillary Clinton be, being a woman would be what got her in the White House. That women would just overwhelmingly vote for her to get 
the first woman elected. And yet, that's not what happens. And in, on so many issues, I find, I find out, women are very split on this kind of stuff. When it comes to, like we talked about earlier, men leading the household. When we talk about politics. When we talk about abortion. A lot of times the Democrat Party comes up and say abortion is a woman's right, a woman's issue. Yet most people that I know personally that are vehemently against abortion are women. So I think it's a mistake in either party, really. And I think it actually takes away a lot of respect for the woman to um, to look at them that way. By the way, in terms of the meme, I asked if women thought the same thing. Men get rid of the men cave and put in a study. By far, most of them said yes. Yes, please. Intelligent, thoughtful men. They just hate football. Uh Actually, it seems like a lot of women like football, and that and soccer. Women love soccer. Yes, women do love (laughs) soccer. I I have found that out, which is very interesting. All right, thank you. I really appreciate you all joining me this week as I've been filling in for Bud. Uh, Make sure to go to my website, beyondreasonradio.com. Send me a friend request on Facebook. Follow me at Beyond Reason R. Bud will be back on Monday, and have a good weekend, everyone. God bless you, and God bless America. Catch you next time.